last week, um, I heard it was a fantastic service. Uh, Pastor Mike spoke on the area of, does anyone know what was the sermon? Joe, power of the tongue, fantastic. So I actually, at the start of the new year, we've actually been speaking as a leadership team and we want to encourage you to reboot your life. Who's already started to reboot your life, change a few things? And uh, we want to actually preach some truths from the Bible because it's the Bible that will help you get through. So last week, as I said, Pastor Mike spoke about the power of the tongues. And um, does anyone know the memory verse from last week? Jaden, don't put it on screen yet. Anyone? Not Pastor Mike. Um, <laughs> well, Joe, Joe again, you five star to you. That was one of them. But the one I'm looking for is from Proverbs 18. Glad you all were listening. Pastor Mike, they really got into it. So it's death and life. You can put it up now, Jaden. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have bad fruit or bad taste in my mouth. So this morning, I actually want to speak on the area of how to reboot your joy. Right? Okay. We sound so enthusiastic this morning. How to reboot your joy. Can I get an amen? Fantastic. Well, this, just put up the um, first point. So your face tells me about your space, meaning it tells me all about your facial expressions, your emotions, how you act, and how do you react in life. Right? Now, they say, my boys say my face gives away a lot. I can't hide sometimes my disappointment. And I've got counseling eyes. So when something's wrong, my boys say, put your counseling eyes away. I don't need it today. And I'm like, okay, what do I say to you? I can't help it. (laughs) But what I'm saying is you can tell a lot of how you react to life situations. And uh, we can either laugh or cry through life. And I just want to show a a video. Thanks, Jaden. Coasters, right? Doesn't work at my age. I feel really sick after I go on roller coasters lately. 
But it's true. When life throws us things, we can either be like an Auntie Janice and laugh our way through life, or we can be like the nephew. I'm stuck, God. Please, God. I want to get off this ride. I hate life. I hate it. Help me. Help me. We're screaming. We're crying out to God. And you know what? We can either laugh or cry through life. And your face shows the space that you're in when you're actually going through life. We, we can tell a lot. When you enter the room, what are you carrying? What presence are you carrying? The emotions, the reactions in life testing. We all can react really good when life is going well, but it's in those little testing moment, moments that really test us our characters and our fruits and who we really are. And uh, you know what I really love about uh, Israel when they were read the scripture for the first time? And I want to invite Michael Phillips to come and share the passage from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1 to 10. So I'm reading from Nehemiah 8, 1 to 10. Israelites had settled in their own towns. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him, on his right, stood Matthiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maaseiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashum, Hashbadiah, Zechariah, and Meshalem. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And he opened it, and the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levite, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shebatai, Hodiah, Mahaseh, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hannah, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. Thank you. <laughs> they read from the book of the law of the God. Sorry, they read from the book of the law of God making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to them, This day 
is holy to the Lord your God. Do not moan or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Fantastic. So we read, I'm just going to give a background. Did he do a great job with them names? <laughs> Fantastic. So just want to give you a little bit of background. Verse 10. So the background is that the Jews had returned from 17, year, 17 years of captivity in Babylon. While they were in Babylon, the Jews were not able to practice their religion. For most part, they did not have access to the law of God. Can you imagine not having access to the word daily? And uh, for most of the part, whatever they knew of their faith came actually from their uh, memories of others and their fathers. And by the end of the 70 years, they had forgotten far more than they remembered about the will of God. And after having rebuilt the temple and the city, Ezra, the priest, believed it was time to begin to begin teaching the people the holy scriptures. When they heard the word of God, they were deeply grieved. They were convicted. The more they heard, the more they realized just how much their fathers and how they have strayed away from the will of God. Their failure was evident, their guilt was obvious, and they felt it deeply, and they were in sorrow. So now we read verse 10. So when Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I'll just read this out. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Tell the person next to you, do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that? So the joy of the Lord is your strength. He was speaking, Nehemiah was speaking to the remainder of Israel that returned to help rebuild the city and also the temple. And Nehemiah was declaring, enough now. It is time of restoration. It is time of new beginnings. It is time that we start to be obedient to the law of God. Amen? So to sum up what Nehemiah is saying, he said, don't be sad. Go celebrate. Who's ready to celebrate? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Reboot your joy in 2019. It is getting out your word and understanding what God has for you. So he's saying, whatever you're mourning, whatever you're grieving, it is time for restoration. And that's a revelation as a Christian that we must get. You know, it's good people show sorrow, repent, when we repent and we're remorseful and, you know, of their sin. It's good that when we feel convicted. And God does desire that kind of sorrow in order for us to get where we need to be. However, sorrow is not the will of God for our lives. It's not. He doesn't want us to be broken sad, full of grief, full of misery. He wants us to be rejoiceful. There is a time of grieving. I'm not, uh, we all go through moments. There are seasons in our life where we lose loved ones and have situations or we've lost a business or we've been financially, um, you know, in debt or there's things that our marriages or whatever, children lost, whatever it is, we go through that as humans. It, it hurts. It cuts so deep when life throws things at us. But you know what? That's not the will. He doesn't want us to stay in our despair. 
we have to start rising up as a Christian. This is a revelation I got earlier on in my, in my season where I was devastated. That you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And it gave me hope and courage to get up once again. But it comes dangerous as a Christian when we stay in our sorrow. Right? I get and I can, you know, relate. We can all sit there and share our stories. But if you are staying on something 10, 15, 20 years ago and you're not moving, then you've got to ask God what is going on in your heart. It can be damaging to your future. Because Anna said this morning, don't go back to the chains. Move forward. But as Christians, sometimes we, we get comfortable with the chains that hold us back and keep us bondage because we come used to it. But today I pray that you get brave and start to cut them chains from your life. Even as Christians have been saved, still grieve. Feel grief and sorrow. Even God has saved you. He sent his son 2,000 years ago and he's died for your sins and yet we still can't forgive ourselves or forgive others. And we like we just keep going on and on. No, God can't forgive. I can't. No, possibly. I can't be used by God. No, I've done too much. No, God won't love me. And even after you confess it, even if you've gone through, you know, that time of salvation and baptism, so many Christians can't seem to shift their mindset from free of sorrow. I don't know. I don't know if you're in the word enough or allowing yourself to be teachable enough or you might just be used to it. That's something that you need to ask God. God wants to replace your grief and sorrow with supernatural joy. Supernatural joy. I speak supernatural joy over this congregation this morning. Psalm 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold by your generous, hear it? Generous spirit. He wants to give you more. Amen? So we have a choice to either react in a positive or negative manner. You saw this nephew. You're like, I don't think he'll ever be the same again. I don't think he will ever attempt to go on something like that because in his mind, it's negative. But we can actually choose our reaction. We can either choose to be better or we can choose to be bitter. We can choose to smile our way through life or frown our way through life. Joy comes from the, the joy that comes from the world. I'm telling you now, it's not going to work. If you are looking at the world to get your joy and overcome your life worries, then ask yourself why you're still stuck where you are. Getting a thousand likes on your Facebook profile is not going to keep your smile on your face. Getting that, you know, having that relationship that will keep you constantly happy will not give you joy long term. Winning lotto, having the biggest house, having the, you know, the car, the perfect look, the perfect job is not going to sustain you long term. That is not going to help you have joy in your life. To live a life of joy, and I'm sorry, but it's not deep today what I'm saying. It's actually so simple. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? The source of our happiness is Jesus Christ. Right. No brainer. As a Christian, we know that our happiness 
comes from Jesus Christ, from doing his will. When you start to slip out from that, you start to feel, oh, something's not right. I'm losing my joy. I'm losing my peace. But when you enter back into the center of God's will, that's where your joy comes from. So it has been my observation for a long time as a Christian and as a pastor that the reason why our churches are really not growing spiritually and doing great works for God, because I think, you know what, if we get that revelation that our happiness does come from Jesus Christ, can you imagine how the atmosphere in our churches will change and how much more we can do when we get a sense of, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to get joy from the Lord But we see many Christians taken out because they believe in a lie. We have so many Christians coming more through our doors, lacking spiritual joy. How are you doing? No, I'm fine. How's life? Yeah. And you just get this, you know, all this negative talk. Where are the Christians that say, you know what? You know, the devil tried to take me out, but guess what? The word says... For the joy of the Lord is my strength. We've got to speak life into our situations. We've got to change this atmosphere. We've got to encourage others to grab that joy once again. You know, we have the enemy telling lies and a lot of people are leaving churches because of hurt. We're becoming a toxic culture of accusers, being accusers of each other rather than being encouraged of each other. I don't want this culture. We don't want it here. Or others simply losing joy from life tests and they give up before they even can allow God a chance to come through for them. But at Champion Lakes Christian Church, we are committed, committed to you and to this community to foster a place of joy and peace where you can come and sense the love of God, the freedom to worship and enjoy E-N-J-O-Y. Joy is at the end of it. Fellowship with others. So when we want, when you come into church, I hope and pray that you feel a different atmosphere starting to occur. That you do feel encouraged and that you do feel empowered. But let's change the atmosphere, church. We can't do this alone. Pastor Mike, the elders, and myself, and all the other leaders, we can't do this alone. We need you and others to change this atmosphere by understanding that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't want any more casualties any longer. We don't want any more casualties. So the third point, uh, the other point, sorry, second point is your face tells me about the place that you're at. You're at the moment, your place. Where are you at the moment? Have you moved from 15 years ago, 10, 5 years ago? So I just want to give you a practical way of displaying joy in your life. And this is something that I had to change my mindset over the last probably 8 to 10 years of my life. When you have to actually understand that it's not about you. So if you actually use this principle that J, Jesus first, others second, and you last. Tell your neighbor, Jesus first, others second, you last. This is a practical principle that if you actually get it and live by it, your life will change. Your priorities will change. Your mindset will change. The world tends to display joy 
is about me, me, me. All about me and then some again. We have to be, you know, the world's telling us, be your own source of happiness. Do what you want to do. Don't worry about what others think. Just grab on life and just be your own master. You don't need to listen to anyone. We see that in the schools. We see that in the workplaces where everyone's just defiant and rebellious. Nobody wants to listen. No one wants to care for each other because it's all about me, my game. And even Christians tend to put Jesus maybe at number two and sadly sometimes last. Where we, we sometimes go, you know what, today's 40 degrees. I'm going to stay home or maybe I'll go for a swim. So Jesus, you're going to come last because it's all about me today because I need the temperature down. Like I just need to have some time out for myself. But when you actually put Jesus first, that all them other elements doesn't matter because your heart is right. Pursuit, you heard that saying, pursuit of happiness leads to misery, which it does. So many excuses are made to justify what makes us happy. When we put Jesus first, it makes a big difference to our perspective and how we handle our problems. So I I want to encourage you, and it's, again, very simple. Have a constant relationship with Jesus. Fill your well. Make that time. Carve out that time. You know, be, be consistent in your joy at all times. Sometimes it's really hard to smile. Sometimes you don't understand the warfare that sometimes we all get up to get up here and sometimes it's hard to smile. But you know what? God sustains us because our source of happiness doesn't come from other people or how I feel. It comes from Jesus. So when I'm actually feeling discouraged, the first thing I don't look is to turn on the TV or the radio or look at a magazine. The first thing is I'm so desperate to get into his presence, blast my worship, and read my word, get myself so filled when I'm so tired and flat, I just lay down, kneel down, whatever it takes, just to get myself filled up and focus again. I go straight and sit and I sit at God's feet as he talk to me. Even if it's five or ten minutes a day, do something, change your routine. I don't know what it's going to take for you to change your ways, but I encourage you, Just take five minutes out of your day and sit at his feet. Mary, Martha, Mary knew that. Martha was so busy all the time. Don't get caught up in the enemy's lie of this world that you have to be busy, busy, busy. Learn to carve out your time and sit at his feet. It will lift you. It will recharge you. It will help you focus on the good rather than the bad. I always tell my boys, don't bother me because you know I need Jesus before I deal with you guys today. And they're like, yeah, go have your God time. Because before I even answer any questions, I don't want to answer in the flesh. I want to hear from God. I want a word from God. I want my peace. I want my, I want wisdom from God of handle, how to handle the day. That's where your strength comes from. A place of knowing Him, listening to Him and staying. Say it to your neighbor. Stay in the center of God's will. But we have a generation who wants to rebel, who wants to do it their way. So many people do the opposite. When things get tough and when testing times come and when circumstances are overwhelming and when life, you just go, you know what? I don't want this Christian thing. Who does God think he is? He's not coming through for me. We have people flee, run, remain angry. They get depressed and distracted and weak and they lose hope. 
because they don't want to remain still and wait for God. We're all in a hurry to, to make it our, to make it our way. But how about you just slow down, take a step back and just sit and wait to hear from God in regards to your situation. Don't hurry things up. Learn to wait. So learn to take your focus off yourself and learn to focus on Jesus. And then in time, you will learn to focus on others. And that joy only comes from knowing who your father is. So I encourage you, go back to basics. If you're feeling like you've been away, if you're feeling like you haven't really given over this year to God, I encourage you this week to spend time with your father and say, you know what, what do you have in store for me for 2019 and beyond? And start to hear that small, still voice in the midst of your busyness and he will lead and direct you. The Bible says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Continue to thank him for you, for whatever you've asked him to do, because you know what? He wants to please you. He does love you. He wants to see you have the best life, but surrender to him this morning. The third point is, your face tells me about your base, how you face things. As a Christian, people are watching our life. Do you realize that? They're watching our story. They're watching how we act, how we speak, how we conduct ourselves, our character, our fruits. They're watching. How did you get through that hard time? How did you manage to not go into depression? I had so many women come up to me and say, shouldn't you have been in a, like in a mental hospital? What happened to you? I'm like, do you not know me? I'm so insulted by that question. But, but you know what? I always like, you know what? This is my chance to brag about what God has done in my life. I'm like, well, it's so simple. I just trusted God and I chose to say, not my will be done, but your will. That's all I said. That's all I simply said is I chose to listen to him. So if you're facing, is your face Christian? Is your face reflecting Jesus to the world? Is your face reflecting Jesus to your brothers and sisters here today? You can tell how close people walk with God by how they carry themselves. I'm not saying we all can't have bad hair days, or we all do have bad hair days. But sometimes the way we look and act can make people question, "Uh, is that Jesus? Is this Jesus? Then I don't want to come to church. You know, because sometimes we get such a, a rare opportunity, an opportunity to share the love of God. And sometimes through our own insecurity and doubts and our, and what life chucks at us, that we miss them God opportunities because of what we are going through. How about you just remove yourself from it and just be attentive to know that God is working with you all the time. Just watch how you react. Watch your face. See, I can't imagine Jesus being sad or full of grief. I know there are moments where he was angry, where he overturned the tables when he was at the temple. All there are times where he was so annoyed at the Pharisees saying, enough of your religious mindsets. But you know what I loved about Jesus? Is that I could tell he was a joyful man about the crowds that he attracted. He was never alone to the point that he needed to get away from the multitudes just to have some time out. Everyone wanted 
something from Jesus because they saw this joy in his life. He was attractive to many. Are you attracted to many? Are you attracting the right people in your life? Are you attracting others through the glow that you have in Jesus Christ? Were you scaring people right now with your language, the way that you look, your tone? Is your life reflecting Jesus? Is your character? Start to be attractive to others. They say the average 40-year-old laughs four times a day. And the average toddler laughs up to 100 times a day. Right? Who believes that laughter is good for you? Right? Who has friends? Yeah, I know. Who has friends that can you can get around and just lift up your spirit? Laughter is good for our spirits. It lifts our spirits. It makes us feel happy. Laughter is a contagious emotion. It can bring people together. It can help us feel more alive and empowered. When you laugh, you excel the physical aspects of your life and your troubles to say, I'm not going to allow this to ruin my day. Every time I feel pressed, I say, devil, not today. Not today. You better think twice because I am not going, you are not going to ruin my day or rob my day. So every time you just feel like he's warring around, say, not today, devil. And just ignore him. So as much as I cringe and as much as I give half a smile to Pastor Mike's dad jokes, I do really appreciate the joy that comes from hearing his jokes the first time. So the first time, it was, um, I had a bit of a rough week and uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of a EP, it's like executive pastor, go home. And he took it up to another notch on Friday where he used to say, EP, go home. He sent me a video of ET and he kept putting it on repeat, go home, go home, when I opened up my email. I thought, wow, you're getting craftier. So, but it brought a smile to my face. It made me laugh. It made me just feel just that, that giggle just made me refresh me because our job does get very serious and I know life for you can get very serious. And sometimes it can get intense, but I thank God, our church, our, our pastor, our team, we know how to laugh and bring joy into some really dark moments. How about you just learn to laugh? How about you just learn to smile? The Bible says in Psalm 2, uh, verse 4 says, From his throne in heaven, this is speaking of God, the Lord laughs and mocks their plans. The next slide, I think I've got it on there. Jaden, thanks. He mocks their plans. You know what? If, if God says that from his throne in heaven, the Lord laughs and mocks their feeble plans, then why are we stressing? <laughs> why are we worried what the enemy is doing in our lives when he's sitting there going, I've got your back. I'm watching over you. Jesus is our intercessor. He's got standing in the gap for us and yet we're worrying about things here on earth that are consuming us and worrying us and and we believing in the threats of the enemy and allowing the enemy to paralyze us and take us out when God is just standing up going I'm laughing because I promised you not a hair on your head will be touched 
I am your shelter. I am your deliverer. I am your shield. I am your God. I am your protector. How about we just stop stressing? Look at that. That is God just saying, have a laugh with me. Just laugh at him. When he comes and tries to trip you up and tries to throw things at you, just go, yeah, okay, I'm going to laugh with you. So Pastor Mike often says, have a smile break. We're just going to have a laugh break right now. This video has been viewed 11 million times by one lady simply laughing with a mask on her face. Goes to show you that the world isn't all about doom and gloom. It's not about sadness. This one lady chose to be silly for, for many so that we can be blessed just because of laughter. She incorporated laughter. This lady is a pastor's wife who now is preaching around the world about joy. I hope you are blessed. Here we go. I got to take off my glasses for it. <laughs> oh, naturally. Okay, here we go. So, yes. Now watch when my mouth actually moves. <laughs> That's not me making that noise, it's the mask. Here, listen. Chewbacca talk here. you 
we see so many people, even celebrities that have died young because they have lost their joy and purpose because they're looking at external sources for their happiness. I need more drugs and I need more this and I need more whatever it is, more, 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 but it doesn't buy you happiness. It's cost so many lives. We're seeing so much more suicide in our nation because the enemy is convincing people that there is no hope, there is no joy, people coming further away from God. But Christian, I encourage you, let's now stand up for truth. Let's reboot whatever's going on inside of our spirits and start looking at the external source and start to look at the eternal source and grab onto Jesus. I want to ask you, where is your, what, what is your external source right now? Is that, I mean, is that really working for you? Is it really working for you, whatever you are trying to get your happiness from? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself why you're, you're depressed or feeling like you have no purpose or focus or why you feel like you find it hard to get out of bed every morning, why you can't even say that I'm good, like you can't even get out in a sentence, yeah, I'm well. I love the song, It Is Well With My Soul. It is well with my soul. I want to be a Christian to know every time someone looks at me, it is well with my soul. We need more of a Christian. I just want to end with a story. A young executive, he started his new job in this large, well-known company. And on his first day, he was trying to impress his boss, as we all do in a new job. And the employee seemed to be trying too hard on his first day. And he kept coming into his boss's office and he was trying to overplease him. And the boss said to him when he entered the first time, the boss said to him, young man, don't forget rule number six. And the, 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 employee, was, the employee was like, what do you mean rule number six? So he walks away, gets caught up in his work, and then comes bursting in the second time and he's like, to the boss fussing over him and trying to, you know, fix the mistakes that he, he made on his first day. And the boss again looked up, put his glasses down and said, young man, don't forget to read rule number six. And the, he still didn't get it. Walks out, comes bursting in again. And he's all like, you know, trying to read all these reports and try to look like he's, you know, just superstar to his boss. And the boss again just sat this young man. And he said, young man, Please read rule number six. So the employee gets out the employee's handbook, starts going through all the rules, and he comes to number six, and he's like, oh, don't take yourself so seriously. Okay. So he says to the boss, is that right? Don't take yourself so seriously. And the boss said, yeah, that's right. Don't. And he said, is there any other rules that I have to remember while working here? And he goes, no, just don't take yourself so seriously, right? Because at Christian Weekend Church, I want to encourage you, don't take what the enemy throws at you so seriously. Don't take what life throws at you too seriously. You know, Christians, we're meant to laugh. We're meant to have fun. I don't know what you've been told, but sometimes, you know, when you come into to church, people think it's all serious. You can be quiet. I grew up like that. When I walked into a Catholic church, it's like, shh, don't smile. Don't say anything. When the priest comes to you, you just nod. 
And I grew up very oppressed and not allowed to have joy. But when I came to the revelation or the freedom of Jesus Christ, we're meant to have fun. We're meant to enjoy life and enjoy the company of his presence and each other. Don't take life so seriously. Joy is knowing you are safe in God's will. Don't fear. Don't get anxious. Don't worry. Read your word. Get strength from it. Remember to smile and to laugh and rejoice knowing God's wills for your life. I'm just going to ask the music team to come up. Can someone turn to each other and give them a bit of a smile? Give them a bit of a smile. I hear laughter. That's good. You can laugh at them. Not at them, but... Don't do it that way. <laughs> do it to build them up. So, okay. so I want to, today, I want to pray that you start to focus on the internal. Take your eyes off the external. Remember, Jesus first. Say it. Jesus first. Others second. Me last. I want to pray that you test it and watch how it can change your life. So church, I want you to stand to your feet. It's time to let go of the sorrow. Whatever is holding you back in 2019, time to let go of your, what was me, your concerns, your worries. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him. Let him sustain you. Let him build you up. It's a new season, church. Amen? Come on. It's a new season. Champion Lakes. We're about to move forward like never before. We need you. We need you, church. We need you to be happy and joyful. Get a grip of what God has for you. Today, like Nirabai said, today you have heard the word. You have heard, you've heard the word. Time to celebrate for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, let's just surrender our cares, our life at his feet this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just think. We just want to pray for those who haven't felt that joy for a while, who are lost, that need purpose, that need an answer, that you feel like you're so far from God's center, that you're struggling, you can't even breathe. You are drowning in life. You are overwhelmed. Circumstances, situations, brokenness, hurt, pain. You can't even see how you possibly can get through life. But I want to to offer, you know, what God did 2,000 years. He offered his son as a gift. And today we want to pray that you receive that gift of our salvation. That you receive the opportunity to know him. To know that the word says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. That Jesus is the source of your happiness. He is the source of your joy. It is not found in what the world is offering you. And you've been trying and you've been doing your own thing for so long. But I want to pray that you today, that you just say, here I am, Lord. I surrender my life. Whatever I've been trying to do, here I am, Lord. If that's you, what no one's looking, just to raise your hand and say, Lord, I need you. I need your joy. I need, I need your guidance. I need you to help me. If that's you. Just raise your hands. I can see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.
urgency. Thank you, Lord, for that hand. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I just want to pray for every person that's raised their hand, that you fill them right now, Lord Father, with supernatural joy, that you will just burn away their worries and their cares and their concern, Lord Father, that you, Lord Father, will set take them out of the miry clay and set their feet upon the rock, Lord Father, that they will, Lord Father, make you their Father, that they will make you their Lord and that they will surrender their life to you, Lord Father. Today, we rejoice in the heavens, Lord Father, as a person has said, yes, here I am, I accept you. Lord and we thank you for salvation has come today Lord Father we want to thank you Lord Father Father you are so pleased at your children raising their hands you want them to, to live a life of hope and joy and we thank you today. I pray for every cup, every person's cup to be filled today with overflowing joy and happiness, Lord Father. That you fill them from head to toe right now where they're at, Lord Father. That they receive right now in Jesus' name. Overflowing of abundance and goodness, Lord Father. A breakthrough, that rivers of living water that will flow from them, Lord Father. That joy to be released in this atmosphere, Lord Father. Joy to be released in this atmosphere. The chains have been broken. Thank you, Lord, that the new day has come and new season has come. And today we have heard your word that we will celebrate knowing that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, church, let's just give him a, let's just raise our voices and thank you. Hallelujah, we praise you, Lord. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And for those who have put up their hand, we have a prayer line. We'll love to meet with you, Pastor Mike, myself, and the, and the prayer team. Come and say a hi for those who are struggling and just need prayer. It's to get your joy, get your smile back, get your groove in your step back, whatever it takes. The, line, the prayer line is open. We want to believe for your breakthrough. Amen, church. Amen. Is your cup full? Are you ready just to go spread some joy out there? Not just today, but throughout the week. Remember, the world is watching you, Christian. Let's be different. Let's be that light to the world. Amen. God bless you, church. Be blessed.